Hey everybody, welcome to the show. This is Dylan James on Out of Bounds. So we are broadcasting from Hattiesburg, Mississippi. I'm spending the holiday with my girlfriend and her family. And because of that, we actually have a very special guest in on the show today. John Cameron Hall will be joining us on the show. He is live right here, right now. I would uh, prefer to be referred to as number one big baller brand fan, John Cameron Hall. Okay. Also, uh, cryptocurrency investing guru. Ooh. Because I've put $100 Bitcoin. in and I've lost almost all of it. Oh, what happened? Well, I uh, I literally just bought in like last week. I was like, oh man, I might be able to do this now. So I was like, okay, I got a little spending money. So I threw it in and then there was a gigantic crash uh, yesterday. Awesome. So. Well, hopefully it goes back up, which I mean, I think it will because cryptocurrency is just an up and down kind of thing. Oh, yeah. It's, it's you know, well, one I mean, week you're, one week the share is, you know, $17,000 for a Bitcoin. The next week it's ten dollars for a full bitcoin so i mean it's gonna be going up and down for the next few months but hey i mean at least you're invest invested in it you see and, the uh, thing that i've learned about bitcoin is so far that bitcoin's the most popular one in terms of marketing and media and everything yes but there's nothing backing bitcoin so it's just extremely volatile and it'll just go up and down yeah. up and down yeah plus now there's these other different cryptocurrencies that are coming in that are becoming more popular that are added that are being backed by other things, so they're becoming more popular and more stable. And so people are investing into those now. Okay, I got you. Well, um, hopefully you do well. Thank hopefully you. it goes back up, so you don't lose your hundred dollars. <laughs> but I mean, I haven't even talked about JT. He is on the phone line with us, um, not missing in the show at all. So JT is joining with us on the phone line from Orlando, Florida. Hey, what's up, guys? How's everybody doing? Doing good. Doing good. So how how's work going? You're you're working Under Armour and you're working DVC this week, and you're working on Christmas, I hear. Yes, I will be at Under Armour on Christmas night, working around six thirty. So I know a few of my friends are a little disappointed because they invited me for dinner, but I'm like, sorry guys, I got work, got save for a car, and you know save up some of that Christmas shopping that I've been doing. So. Got to do what you got to do. There you go. Got to do what you got to do. And so if you want to go see JT at Under Armour, just go to Disney Springs. And he is going to be there at 6.30 on. So he'll be closing that night, I guess. I'm guessing you're closing. So go see JT and uh, get some good deals on shoes and apparel. Uh, is this uh, is this podcast sponsored by Under Armour? No, it's not. No free No, plug. it's no not. No free plugs. Okay. Well, sorry, Under Armour. I gotta retract everything I just said. So... <laughs> With the Fantasy Football League this year, John Cameron has been a part of it, but John Cameron did not do very well. But he has an explanation. So basically, Dylan had started a Yahoo Fantasy League and invited me, but it was like 2 a.m. when I got the notification. And so I put the team on auto-draft, then I set my lineup for week one, then I never changed it again. Awesome. So now I'm ranked 12th of 12 in the league. Awesome. JT is not doing so well either. And I'm not doing so well at all. Um, JT, you did get better towards the end of the season, though. Yeah, November was the best month. I went 3-1. Uh, I beat Micah twice. And uh, I hung in there against Ryan and, and Logan. But at the end of the day, you know, I finished 11th place. And Josh McCown, I kind of had the half of the season. And he had some games where he was hot. And then he had that couple games where he was just terrible. Or and he was the not. last game against Denver just, just did it. I started him over Mariota, and he just killed it. 
And after that, I was like, well, I'm done in fantasy football. So uh, I did not make the playoffs. But Dylan, your girlfriend, she made the playoffs. She made the playoffs. She is actually number two in the league, number one in the division. And so she is really excited because Ezekiel Elliott's coming back this week from suspension. So she'll have him to play. Um, she's she's really, really excited. So I think that she has a really good chance of winning. And I know there are people out there saying it's it's uh, kind of fishy that my girlfriend is winning in this league. But listen, I had nothing to do with her success. You can see from my team personally that I, I had no no hand in the success she's had this this season for fantasy football because my team has been absolute garbage. You see, the thing that uh, that I don't like about fantasy is that it's a different skill set and a different knowledge level than actually knowing sports in general. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I mean, it, it's it's pretty volatile, kind of like Bitcoin and and, and cryptocurrency. I mean, it, it's highs and lows. It's it's you know a player that is doing really well in the league might not be doing very well in fantasy points, but he might still be succeeding in his role on the football team. So it is it is kind of volatile in that sense, and uh, it is hard to figure out which players to choose and, and which players are going to get injured, and there's so many, so many variables that at a certain point, fantasy football is just, I mean, a flip of a coin, really. Yeah. Like, I enjoy fantasy football only when I'm winning because I only enjoy things when I'm winning, but... It's- when I it it makes me watch the game differently. That's what I don't like about fantasy football. Instead yeah, of me rooting for a team to win or for someone to cover the spread or something, I'm rooting. Oh, throw it to this guy. Throw it to that guy. Run the ball. Do this. Do that. Get the points. True. Not not, not the scoring points. The fantasy points. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. All right. Well, let's move into some uh, news from last week. So let's go over to some bowl game action. There were several games that happened um, over the past week and a half or so. Um, probably like almost a dozen games actually happened. But the biggest game uh, to me that actually was the closest game was Marshall versus Colorado State. That was a very, very close game. We actually watched it in uh, celebration in Florida when John and them came down um, when your mom and dad picked you up from college and everything. So it, it was a very, very close game. Towards the very end, Colorado State was actually pushing and and they actually got pretty close to tying up the game but Marshall sealed the deal 31 to 28 against Colorado State um so that was a fantastic game JT did you have a game that stuck out in your mind yeah a game that stuck out to me Dylan was the game between uh Boise State and Oregon I I thought Oregon was gonna take it to the Broncos and win that game but the Broncos uh hung in there they had a, a big lead and Hung on to the win that game by 10, uh, 38-28. So that was a very interesting game. Uh, one other interesting game, Dill, I would mention is uh, Florida Atlantic. They just blew the doors off over Akron on Tuesday night, uh, 50-3. And apparently the Florida Athletic Administration was so impressed, they decided to give your boy, Lane Kiffin, a 10-year contract. So I guess that means, Dill, he's not leaving FAU anytime soon. Well, we we technically technically that's not going to happen. I mean, he could possibly still leave Florida Atlantic um, because we have seen these buyouts happen in the past. Um, but we'll see what happens. Lane Kiffin's going to leave in two years. That, I I, that I don't see I don't yeah I don't see him sticking there for ten years because he wants to go to a big program. He wants to go to a school that will actually compete for the college football playoff, and he will not get anywhere near the college football playoff coaching with Florida Atlantic. 
the only thing that matters in a coaching contract is the buyout money. And yeah. most, most power five schools, when they're desperate, they'll spend whatever they need to, to get a coach. Yeah. Like Texas A&M spent 10, spent 75 million to get Jimbo Fisher. Huh. That's incredible. I mean, I, I wish I could make that. Kind and of not money. only that, they paid Kevin Sumlin like a $10.6 million buyout. That's mm-hmm. crazy. Yeah. You pay him that much for a buyout and then you're paying another coach 75 million to bring a new coach in the Florida State. And crazy. I was reading something about how, uh, Trump's tax bill is actually going to affect college football and how they have to pay the coaches. And there's something in oh, really? there about how Texas A&M is actually going to have to owe Jimbo Fisher over $90 million over the next 10 years. Oh, man. That's a little bit more than that contract they gave him, huh? Yeah. Anyway, um, so moving on to a new little game we have. It is... I don't even know what the title of this game is, John Cameron. You're actually the one who was the... Uh, mind behind this so give us a little bit of rules for this game okay so basically one thing that i hate about bowl week or the bowl month or bowl year whatever it's pretty much it is, a bowl month nowadays is that they they the sponsorships they just come up with the stupidest names i hate it so much so basically what i created a game i didn't i didn't think of a name of it or anything but the premise is it's it's going to be something like is it a real bowl name or a fake bowl name and so they're uh, dylan and jt are going to have to guess whether it's a real or fake name Okay, cool. Uh, JT, are you ready for this game? Yeah, man, let's do it. All right, JTC, let's uh, let's get it going. All right, so the first one is going to be pretty easy. I think you guys will get this one correct. All right, the Popeyes Bahamas Bowl. Yes, that is an actual bowl game. That's an actual bowl game. Yes. All right, that is that real. actually happened today. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, did it? Oh, I maybe shouldn't have put that one in. <laughs> All, right. <laughs> All right, here's number two: the Liberty Mutual Garden State Party Bowl. Yes, that's a real game. I think. I was going to guess no, but okay. So what's your final answer? What's n- No. Okay, it is fake. Oh, man. That sounds like a bowl game, though. It does sound like a name exactly. that we would hear. No, it, it's, it's not. It's, it's not a it's good... Legit. It's not a good game. It's, I mean, not, it's not a good name at all, it's not but the, it sounds like it. Super Bowl no. or the, the Sugar Bowl. It's, it's the Liberty Mutual Garden State Party Bowl. <laughs> all right. Here's a fun one. All right, next one. San Diego County Credit Union Poinsettia Bowl. That yes, is a, bowl a real game. bowl game, yes. Yes. That one's real. That is actually the longest bowl game name ever. Wow. All right. The Salad Bowl. Fake. The Salad Bowl? Is that me? Fake news. That's definitely no. That is fake news. It's a real bowl. What? It was played between 1948 and 1952. No way. Are you kidding me? I'm not kidding. So a really? bowl was sponsored wow. by Salad. I think they just called it this. It didn't have a sponsor. It was just called the salad. That's bowl. dumb. All right, continue. Here's the next one: the Walmart Razorback Bowl. Mm, I'm gonna go with no. No. All right, that one is fake. Okay. All right, the Match.com Love Bowl. No. No. Are, are you sure? I'm pretty positive. All right, it's fake. <laughs> <laughs> You're trying to catch him on that one. All right. Trying to catch him. The Craft Fight Hunger Bowl. Yes, that that's is a bowl. bowl. Game. Okay, that one's real. All right, the Future Farmers of America Dairy Bowl. Mm. Oh man! Yes, I'll say yes. I'm gonna go with no. It is fake. Ugh. And Bailey actually thought of that. I'm one. awful. Yeah, I had to think about that one too, man. That was that legit. <laughs> All right, the Ronald McDonald House Scholarship Bowl. No. That's not a high school bowl game, no? No. Okay, I, I, okay, that would be a no. 
All right, it is fake. Yep. There right. you go. The Bush's Baked Beans Bowl. Yes. No. Fake. Ugh. All right. Darn the it. Bell Hol- oh, no, that's not it. The Bell Helicopter Armed Forces Bowl. Yes, that's a bowl game. Yes. That was a bowl game. Yes. Right, that one's real. All right. The... Oh, I don't know how to pronounce that. The Minky Car Care Bowl of Texas. Yes. Oh, Meineke Car Care Bowl. Oh, yes, the Meineke. <laughs> Meineke, yeah. Meineke is uh, yeah, an auto place. That one is real. Okay. The MagicJack.com Saintsburg Bowl. Yes, that was a bowl game. Yes. Yeah. Okay. You guys. Before had that was the before Brady's bowl, but yeah. Yeah, you guys had better uh, bowl knowledge than I do. I guess I thought I was going <laughs> to trick you guys. I'm pretty sure you guys got every single one correct except for one. Well, I mean, JT got a lot of them correct. I was just kind of riding Don't his coattails. Don't forget about the Dollar General Bowl. That's a legit bowl. That is a legit bowl as well. Yes, it is. The, jo- the Dollar General Bowl. All right, guys. Let's move on to some more um, college football news. So college recruiting, the early signing period, ended. Let's talk about the Florida Gators because John Cameron's here. So were there any prospects that stuck out in your mind for the Florida Gators? Absolutely. All right. So Emory Jones, the number four dual threat QB in the nation. He, he was committed to Ohio State, and he was looking at Alabama, Florida, and Florida State, along with Ohio State, obviously. And you know what? Dan Mullen went in there three weeks after getting hired, flipped a four-star QB to Florida. Wow. There you go. So he went up against Nick Saban, Urban Meyer, and oh, who's the Florida? Oh, Willie, oh, forget Willie Taggart. He's nothing. Willie Taggart. But he went up against Urban <laughs> Forget him. He's nothing. Three weeks on the job, he went up against <laughs> Urban Meyer and... Nick Saban. Dang, he is getting name. into it. Okay. Well, um, with Tennessee, we, we had a, I guess you could say this is a big, a big change of heart, I guess. Um, there was a quarterback that we were targeting, JT Shrout. He decommitted from Cal, and we actually signed him to Tennessee. So congratulations to them. I believe he was a three-star. Yes, three-star quarterback, JT Shrout. Um, we also had some four stars. We had a four star linebacker coming out. Um, his name is Jordan Allen. Uh, he is a four star linebacker that we got. He was number nine on the ESPN Juco recruit list. We also have Alante Taylor. He is a four star wide receiver out of Manchester, Tennessee, and he was number 46 on the ESPN 300 recruit list. So we got some pretty good recruits coming out of there. Uh, J- JT, tell us some uh, recruits that came into Texas that you were impressed with. Well, Texas did really well, Dylan. Uh, our defense was ranked 41 overall in yards per game this past season. So we really had to address that in our early recruiting class. And we got six like six uh, top recruits on defense. Uh, we had a one, two, and a, a number ranked four safety in the state, and we also got a top ranked uh, defense back in the state, BJ Foster. So Texas has six of uh, the ESPN uh, ranked 300 defensive backs uh, in our team and coming in for 2018. So I'm pretty excited uh, with the defense, and if we can get our offense clicking next season, which I expect they're going to do a lot better, I think the Longhorns are going to be a lot better and make a run in the Big 12 title hopefully next year. See, the one thing about Texas is I think Tom Herman's going to take them back. They're, yeah, Tom Herman's going to. The one thing that Texas was going wrong with them was they weren't locking down the state of Texas. But Tom Herman, in his first main, or his first full recruiting class, 
he not he locked down. I believe it was nine of the top ten uh, recruits from the state of Texas. So he's controlling the state of Texas like Kirby Smart's controlling the state of Georgia right now. Yeah, which is a good thing. So, so I mean, I think that yeah, Texas Georgia fans did pretty well in the recruiting class too. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. I think Texas fans are actually really, really happy and really excited about the future with Todd Herman um, uh, leading the charge in Texas. It's gonna be a great. It's gonna be a great football team pretty soon. Currently, uh, Texas is ranked number three nationally on the twenty four seven Sports Composite. So if you keep bringing in top five classes of Texas, then it's gonna get ugly there. They're gonna they're gonna win some games. They could get back into relevancy very soon. Yeah, it's very, gonna take some soon. time though. So I don't know how patient Texas fans are. But if they give him, I'd say, three years, they're going to be dangerous. I agree. I agree. All right, let's move on to some NFL news. Some uh, of the Can games. we talk about Georgia real quick? Sure, talk about Georgia. Georgia, oh my God. I, I am absolutely terrified of Georgia. Kirby Smart, I have no idea what they're doing with that staff. I have no, no idea how many bags or how big those bags are dropping off at these players' uh, footsteps. But they signed. Just This is just the early signing period. This isn't even the full signing period yet. They signed six five-star players, including the number one player in the nation, Justin Fields, at QB. That is terrifying. Wow. I mean, what what is he doing I, to bring them to, to Georgia? I have no idea. Like, I mean, Georgia's playing incredibly right now, and they're finally – Georgia's finally doing something more than they're expected to do each season. But it's just signing six five-stars when three or four of those players were you were going head-to-head against Alabama to sign, it's just that's, – that's scary. Yeah, especially is. as a Florida fan, when you have to pay, play them every single year in their you're in your division, that's that's a scary sight to see going forward. But I, I mean, for, I feel good about Dan Mullen and how he's coming in just in three weeks to sign a good class so far. Yeah, uh, and the second most five star recruits coming out, um, Clemson grabbed yeah, five, Clemson. F- four five star recruits, and Penn State's right behind them with three, Ohio State's with two, and Texas, Alabama, and Miami are all tied with one. So they're they're I mean that's pretty much rounding out the top ten. We have Auburn, Oklahoma, Clemson, Notre Dame, Miami, Alabama, Penn State, Texas, Ohio State, and on top of the heap, like John Cameron was saying before, Georgia is leading the way with a very very powerful uh, recruiting class so far, and we'll see if that tends to trend upwards when it comes um, the rest of the recruiting period. So it's going to be awesome to keep an eye out on that. Now let's move on to the NFL. Talk about some scores from last week. The biggest game that I want to talk about, and I think JT wants to talk about as well, um, the Titans and San Francisco 49ers played last week in a heartbreaking loss to the 49ers. The Titans dropped 25-23 to at San Francisco in the final minute of the game. Uh, JT, what do you think was the biggest thing that held the Titans back last week when it came to the, playing the 49ers? Well, I think the simple thing, Dylan, is we couldn't stop Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy Garoppolo has been hot. He just he's now led the 49ers to their third straight win. And our defense, we just couldn't slow the 49ers down. And Jimmy Garoppolo gets the final drive, gets the team down the field, and then their kicker, Robbie Gold, kicks a forty five yard field goal as time expired for them to clinch the game. And Garoppolo he had a career high. He had three hundred and eighty one passing yards and a touchdown. So He's done really well. And remember, he, he was with the Patriots five season being a backup to Tom Brady. So coming in now and seeing what he's got, he's done pretty well. And the Titans, now we've lost two straight, not to the 49ers, but to the Cardinals as well. So Titans, we got to pick it up against the Rams this weekend. So going back to the Jimmy Garoppolo trade, I don't think I would ever question what uh, a Bill Belichick decision. 
But did the Patriots lose this trade? I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo looks incredible. He's already a franchise player, even with just this small sample size. He does. Uh, Colin Coward actually came out talking about that this week um, because he got they got rid of Jacoby Brissett from New England. They also got rid of Jimmy Garoppolo as well. They're talking about how they're taking away responsibility from the QB coach for some reason, um, and that's the way Bill Belichick is doing it, just taking away these good players. Um, I don't know what it is about the situation. I didn't really read much into the Colin Cowherd um, analysis of the situation, but I mean, in the short term, it looks like he has lost this trade. Um, essentially, because Jimmy Garoppolo is playing lights out for San Francisco. And I mean, I think that it's good for Titans fans because in this sense, we did play the San Francisco 49ers. They do have a losing record this season. They are nowhere near the playoffs, but they actually are a strong team right now. I mean, their defense is actually, um, they decided to wake up this season and start playing because they have a quarterback that they can actually uh, defend. They, they have something actually, to believe in now. They have something to believe in. And Jimmy Garoppolo is that thing to believe in. So I think that, I mean, you know, that whole team as a whole is actually playing very, very well. And 49er fans, I mean, should be excited about the future. If they haven't done so already, if they haven't started contract talks, they need to because Jimmy Garoppolo will be will be a starting quarterback some next season. So when, if it's not this if it's not in San Francisco, it's going to be somewhere else. San Francisco better lock him down right now at the price point they think they can because if they don't, they're going to be paying out the out the behind Jimmy Garoppolo to be their starting quarterback. So one thing was I believe Garoppolo's contract is either up this offseason or next offseason. So was this all part of Bill Belichick's plan to trade him to the, the uh, 49ers? What did they get a second round pick back? I think so, yeah. 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 yeah, So they get the second round pick. Then in the offseason that Garoppolo is a free agent, Belichick signs him again. I mean, that that, that is completely possible. Simply because, uh, you know, with, with the contract the way it is, like you were saying, if it does end this offseason, which it does, it ends this offseason, he is free to talk to any other team. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't think he's a restricted free agent at that point. I think he's unrestricted. So if that's the case, then he, he can listen to all sorts of offers. And so if he wants to continue his career and win a Super Bowl in the next, say, five years, because Tom Brady is not going to be in that team as a starting quarterback for more than two or three more years. The 49ers might give Garoppolo a $25 million contract. They might. They might. But at the same time, can they guarantee him a ring? Oh, absolutely not. Not in the position no, that the 49ers are in right now. So, but with John Lynch, their new GM, and how he's been drafting, they could they could build very well through the draft. But that's the thing. I think with Bill Belichick, he can tell Jimmy Garoppolo with every, I mean, being truthful, very truthful about the situation, look, if you come back to the Patriots, I will guarantee you will win another ring. I mean, Garoppolo's as the starting already got quarterback. Two, yeah, I mean, he's already got two rings. Yeah, but as the starting quarterback. Yeah. You will have two you will have a Super Bowl ring in the next 5 years as the starting quarterback for the Patriots if you come back. Or the Patriots are just going to pick up another 6 round QB. They could. And they could develop that court QB and you know, be all the wiser um, to anybody else that's out there. So, JT, what do you think about the situation? No, I think it's certainly a possibility uh, with Jimmy Garoppolo and 49ers. If they were smart, I agree. They should try to sign him to a contract now uh, once they finish the season. Otherwise, he's going to walk away and, and get more money. And if he, they keep him, I guess that means Kirk Cousins ain't going to San Francisco. All right, conspiracy theory. Bill Belichick told Sam Darnold to play terribly this year so he could draft him late. 
Well, I've heard Sam Darnold's going to be like a top 10 quarterback or top 10 pick in the draft. So All right, Bill Belichick's going to fall that far the Patriots. Bill Belichick's going to tell Sam Darnold to have a horrible injury uh, during the bowl game. <laughs> so or, yeah, just, just not play very well. And you just say, don't. don't. Well, he hasn't played well. He's been playing terribly this year. Well, true. But, I mean, if he goes in a system like New England, I mean, he can he can easily go back to what he was before. Yeah. Easily. And and be even better than he I was. Mean, his before. redshirt freshman season was incredible, but this I don't I, I'm pretty sure it was the pressure and the buildup from the off season where everyone was just saying, "Oh, Sam Darnold, number one pick, number two pick, yeah, top five yeah, pick." Yeah, yeah. When it, it might have gotten to his head, he's like, "Oh, I'm just gonna start throwing the ball everywhere and throwing interceptions like crazy." Yeah, I agree. I agree. So, I mean, in looking at Jimmy Garoppolo's numbers, he was 31 for 43 with 381 passing yards this past week and only had one touchdown. But, I mean, the team around him just seemed to be better than what they have been over the past few weeks before Jimmy Garoppolo got there. They're 4-10 and 10 now. Jimmy Garoppolo has won three games in a row. I, I can't mean, even I name mean, a single offensive player on the 49ers besides Garoppolo. I mean, they have Carlos Hyde. Okay. So, I mean, that, that that's the other big name coming out of there. But other than that, I mean... I haven't heard Carlos Hyde's name once this season. I mean, he, yeah, he hasn't really done that well uh, when it comes to running the ball um, or even catching the ball. He hasn't really done that well. But, I mean, you know, maybe with Jimmy Garoppolo, they have another option there to where he can pass and run. I mean, he does have... He is athletic. He can run. Mm-hmm. So... You know, if they I can't have, even name a 49ers player on defense except their two first-round picks this year that were um, Solomon Thomas and uh, Reuben Foster. Reuben Foster, that's, that's pretty much it. I mean, it's, there's not a single star on that team right now. No, there's really Rob not. Below. There's really He's not. Been on the so, team for three weeks. I mean, he just makes everybody around him better. Yeah, and that I think that's what that's Bill a Belichick, Belichick QB. Bill Belichick teaches that to all of his QBs. How you make a, a team better just with your play, and and he's doing it. So, um, moving on to the next two weeks for the Titans. So they play the Rams this weekend, then they play the Jacksonville Jaguars next weekend. What are the chances of Tennessee going against the Rams in Tennessee and beating them this weekend, and then leading to a divisional rivalry that could potentially be um, whoever comes out of that game an AFC South winner? Do you think the Titans have it in them to win two games in a row? Well, did the Rams win their division yet? Are they like confirmed? Wins? Yeah, the Rams. The Rams have clinched the playoff spot, so they're they've in the clinched the playoff spot. They have not clinched not, the, not the, the division, division yet. The okay. But they can with this win this weekend. All right, then Tennessee loses. I think it comes down. These last few weeks are weird. It depends on what the team needs. Like if they're tanking, they're going to lose and throw their third string QB out there. But if they're trying to get a first round bye, then they're going to send everything at you. Yeah, I mean, it, when Tennessee, they haven't looked that good lately. It's, it feels like they're falling apart with that coaching staff. They are. The coaching staff it has been the problem in Tennessee. And I even said it two years ago when we first got um, Mike Malarkey to come in as the head coach. I said, that's an awful decision. That's a terrible hire. Because he is so conservative and he is old school of pound the rock, pound the rock, pound the rock. Wear him down, pound the rock, and do not do not waver from that play calling the entire game. Just I mean, keep pounding the rock. I mean, you just can't hire a coach named Malarkey. Like, what do you think you're going to get out of that? Yeah, yeah a Malarkey performance. Uh, it's all Malarkey. But, you know, I think that if we got a better coaching staff in Tennessee, that I think we would be much better than we are now. It's just that Marcus Mariota is being held back by Mike Malarkey simply because of his injuries. And I think he's been getting, been getting injured the past two seasons because of Mike Malarkey's play calling. So 
it's all on Mike Malarkey's shoulders. I mean, he hasn't gotten rid of his offensive coordinator, which he should have in the first place. He should have two weeks ago. Um, and he he doesn't take shoulder any of the blame at all. He just What type of offensive system does Tennessee run? Uh I mean it's just pretty much ground and pound. It's pretty much just a single back. Uh it's I mean, why are you running a single back ground and pound system when you have a spread offense QB? Why are you not getting him in shotgun in, in at least 50% of the snaps? They were trying to... I mean, he is in shotgun a lot. He, he's in shotgun pro, at least 50%. Then why is, is he running the ball any? A little, but again, it's his injuries. Okay. That's the thing. I mean, they're worried about his about his knees. They're worried about his legs. And, is I Mariota mean, getting hit on non-contact, or is he getting injured on non-contact injuries or getting hit? He got a non-contact injury this year um, by extending his knee, um, and he had a he had a, a muscle strain, I believe, in his leg or something, a okay. hamstring sprain or something. Um, and then last year is when he actually got injured pretty badly on a contact contact play okay so i mean it's just it's it, it's his offensive line that is not playing as well as they should be playing although they did put 23 points up on the board this weekend which didn't happen the week before so i mean they are playing better they did play better like this past weekend but you know you, you've got to look around and say what's happening here why why are we playing this way why are we not winning games and i mean Plain and simple, the the third and two call that we had at the very t- towards the very end of the game, right before we kicked our final field goal, we could have been up, we could have gotten a first down, drained the clock a little bit more, and kicked a field goal with three seconds left to go on the clock and won the game. But what we did is we actually, on third and two, we gave it to Demarco Murray, who is not a third down running back. Derek Henry is. He is the beast. He's the one you hand the ball to because he is huge he is uh very strong and he can get a first down with two yards to go but they decided to give it to marco murray and he got stopped short of the line there was about a minute left in, in that point minute and a half left in that point so they just kicked the field goal and gave it back to san francisco and they were the ones who just drove down the field and got a field goal why is derrick henry not starting I, they, they spent a lot of money on demarco murray Derrick Henry is a Heisman winning running back. He is. You should give him 25 carries. He is. And, and and of the chances we've given him in Tennessee, he has actually performed very, very well. But I, I don't know what it is about the coaching staff, but they just don't want to start him. How old is DeMarco Murray? Like 32? 20? Like 30? I mean, he, well, 29, 30. Yeah, he's, he's up there, 29 or 30. You shouldn't be having a 30-year-old running back. No. Especially with our system. Especially with... The way that we play, I, I think that we would be much more successful with Derrick Henry being the starting running back there in Tennessee. If if you agree, JT, I mean, I, I think that we would be much better off with Derrick Henry being our starting running back. No, I totally agree, Dylan. We'll have to see what happens the next couple of weeks. But hopefully the Titans at least get the wild card and make the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, even if they don't, as, as a Tennessee fan, um, I've kind of been battling about this over the past few weeks. Do you want the Tennessee Titans to go into the playoffs with you knowing that they're going to be they're they'll lose in the wild card game or the very next game after that or would you want them to sit out this season, get a better draft pick and then next season possibly make a playoff run? You already you've already won 8 games this season so you're not going to get a good draft pick. So you make the you make the uh playoff run now. I mean, but Tennessee's they're not I don't think they're built for the playoffs yet. They're not. 
they're not with that coaching staff. No, they're not. That's Mike Malarkey. I think he's the worst coach in the. Unless there's a drastic difference in our coaching staff over the next two weeks that surprises me, which won't change. Which won't change. It won't change if it hasn't changed yet. You can't. You can't keep doing the same thing and expect different results. That's the definition of an insanity. Mm -hmm. And Mike Malarkey is insane at this point. I mean, he has been. He's been insane since day one of him being the head coach of Tennessee. But they didn't want to listen to me when I screamed and yelled, hey, don't hire this guy. So we'll see if they are able to to win this game this week and uh, still have a fighting chance at the playoffs. So um, other big games that happened this past week. JT, did anything stick out in your mind? Obviously, Dylan, the big game this past weekend was the Panthers and Packers. Of course, Aaron Rodgers played this game, first game back after the whole situation was collarbone. And unfortunately for the Packers, they came up short losing 31-24. to Cam Newton had four touchdowns in that game. And for the Packers, they're eliminated from the playoffs. So Coach Mike McCarthy decides to uh, shut down Aaron Rodgers for the rest of the season. Uh, another game that happened, surprising, the Jaguars blew up the Texans. I was not expecting that, but they did. Jaguars blew them out 47, clinching their first playoff spot for the first time, Dylan. Since 2007, the Rams shut down DVC Seahawks 42 to seven. I was stunned in CenturyLink Field in Seattle. I couldn't believe it. And that's why I'm scared Todd about Gurley, this past, this coming up weekend. Todd Gurley had 152 uh, yards in that game. And then, of course, the big game that happened this past weekend was the uh, Patriots and Steelers. Of course, that game ended in controversial fashion. I know you want to talk about that later, but we can talk about it right now. Got away with that game. Let me just ask you. Uh, I'll, I'll just ask both of you. Let's just do a short question and answer. Did Jesse James from the Pittsburgh Steelers, tight end from the Pittsburgh Steelers, catch the pass from Ben Roethlisberger? Yes. Okay. JT? JT? No, I agree, Dylan. I definitely agree it was a catch. You think? Okay, you think it was a catch? Because I... I saw the ball hit the turf. That that's that's what I saw in the replay. He already broke the plane. What? Okay, he was a runner at that again, point. though. Breaking the plane in NFL doesn't matter. Yes, it does. If you're breaking a runner, the plane, breaking, breaking the plane, the plane in matters. college matters. But in this sport, I mean, when you're reaching out across the goal line, if your knee is hitting the ground outside of the goal line, and you fumble in the end zone, or if you're if the ball just falls out that's still not a catch well he already had he had possession Ugh. he that was 100 percent a catch so in he my had, mind he had he had possession of the ball and became a runner at that point i i just think that it's the rule in in nfl is that that was not a catch however do they need to change the rule yes they do yeah because that cost them the game one thing about the situation not necessarily the rule but or more of a rule of thumb is what Bill Belichick t- uh, teaches is he says never reach out over the goal line is to always keep it near your body. So situations like that don't happen or so a defender doesn't come in and knock it out of your hand. Yeah. I mean, uh, he shouldn't have done it in the first place. But like going back to NFL rules, why don't we know what it catches? I, I don't understand how it's that complex. We should. Where each week we have no idea whether the guy caught the ball. What is a football move? That makes no sense. It makes no sense at all. I mean, they need to definitely sit down this summer uh, during the during the meetings, the league meetings, and figure out what a catch is. 
so that we can move on from this discussion because this has happened four times in the past five years. More than that. It happens every week. Probably. Well, yeah, but I mean, like, big major, game, major, major calls of this catch um, have happened about four times in the past five years. Yeah. And it's affected huge games. It's, 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 it's changed the implications of all of these games. And, I mean, it could have been a lot different than it was. Like, it could have uh, happened um, a lot different than it had. So, I mean, I, I think that they need to definitely sit down and talk about this this summer and hopefully fix this because it's something that's getting out of hand. Do you think rules like this are hurting NFL, NFL viewership? I, I think that players protesting hurt viewership a lot, but okay. also rules when it comes to safety, rules when it comes to things like this. I mean... I don't think that the catch rule kind of, I don't think that deters people from watching. I think it, like the safety aspect of it, deters people from watching because it's not what it used to be. Yeah, because, but I mean, what it used to be was people basically killing themselves and being gladiators on the field. Well, true, but I mean, you know, people laugh at America's Funniest Home Videos every week of people getting injured and, and you know, those videos get shared hundreds of millions of times on YouTube and Facebook and Twitter of people getting injured and people getting hurt. And well, I mean, a kid slipping on ice is completely different. Than well, 300 true. pound defensive tackle, putting his, his, his neck into or someone's his, the, the top of his head into someone's uh, face. True. I mean, I don't know. It's, uh, or, or Tom Savage having a seizure on the field after he just got hit. Yeah, and completely different. people not knowing what to do about that. I mean, it's it's interesting. I, I don't know what I don't know what they're going to do about that with the rules and everything, but it's um something to keep in the keep in the back of your mind because mm-hmm. I mean that that is something that is happening to the league that people are just not watching as much as they used to because of situations like that. So um, hopefully they they address that and hopefully they can come to a consensus where, I mean, fans do come back. But in the meantime, there are a lot of fans going to college football. We've yeah. talked about it this season, that, that the college football has had some of the highest ratings they've ever had this year because of everything that's been going on in the NFL when it comes to protests, when it comes to rules, when it comes to safety, things like that. They, people are just loving the co- college football product right now. Well, going back to safety, I think one thing that the NFL needs to do so their sport doesn't completely go away within the next 20, 30 years, they got to change the helmets. they got to get rid of these lightweight helmets that these, these players are using as weapons, spearing people. they got to switch to either rugby or soccer helmets. Yeah, or, or, I agree. Um, Adidas, they do these camps for high schoolers where they, they wear like these little pads basically over their head that they use. Yeah. They need to switch to something like that and just drastically change the game to where you won't have players using their heads as weapons and spearing people like Odell Beckham did to Josh Norman a few years ago or, or basically what happens on almost every single play. It's like you got to change the game. you got to protect these players before the sport's gone forever. Yeah, I agree. Um, so we'll see if anything happens about that um, coming up in the next few months after the season and during the league meetings. Maybe they'll change that, um, but who knows? So moving on to some basketball news, the LA Lakers snapped the Houston Rockets winning streak. JT, give us some more details on that. Yeah, guys, uh, the Rockets were coming into that game last night, or I'm sorry, Wednesday night, on a 14-game winning streak, and this game was crazy. The Lakers rookie Kyle Kuzma, he had a career high of 38 points, and he outshined James Harden. Even though James Harden had 51 points in that game, uh, the Rockets still came up short, losing to the Lakers 
Wow, interesting stuff. Um, and also, we have some Hall of Fame news as well. Jason Kidd, Steve Nash, and Ray Allen, all three of those gentlemen are going to the Basketball Hall of Fame next year. So congratulations to all three of them. They had phenomenal careers in the league, and they are definitely deserving of that title of being uh, Hall of Famers, which is fantastic. Um, so Michael Beasley has carried the New York Giant, New York Knicks to the playoff um, contention spots. With 32 points against the Celtics last night, uh, JT, any more details on that? Well, what was interesting about that game, Dylan, was that uh, Porzingis, uh, the best player for the Knicks, he started off that he was the first game back after missing a couple games, uh, and he had uh, started on the, f- the floor with the 0 and 11, but kind of picked it up late in the second half. But uh, Michael Beasley, he's been carrying that team the last couple teams from the Knicks, and the Knicks, Dylan. You see the change what happened when Phil Jackson left and Carmelo left. Not many expected much from the Knicks, but they've kind of made a quick turnaround and they're looking good. I like the Magic right now. The Knicks' success just shows that Carmelo Anthony is the worst player and the worst teammate in the world. Yeah, besides Dwight Howard, it really does. I mean, you look at you look at um, Golden State, not Golden State. I'm sorry. The Thunder. You look at Oklahoma, Th- Oklahoma City Thunder. Let's try that again. <laughs> so yeah, you look over uh, the Oklahoma City Thunder and. Carmelo is not bringing anything to the table there. Like, they're not playing that well compared to what they were last year because Russell Westbrook was carrying that team. But you would think that they would have this this phenomenal jump to, you know, oh, man, these guys can be contenders. And Carmelo has just not been the best teammate when it comes to uh, the Oklahoma City Thunder this year. The Thunder are just better off playing five-on-four basketball with Carmelo on the bench than having Carmelo out there. Yeah. I agree. I mean, it, it's uh, it's sad to think that he was such a superstar coming into the league, and, and he did have some good years in the league, but, I mean, he's just not a good teammate, and you can I mean, you can blatantly see that. How many years was he with the Knicks? Uh, what year did he get there, JT? He got like there... I think it was seven. Okay, oh, seven? I think it was seven. I, think, I thought it was seven. Maybe, maybe eight years. Okay, so seven Kamala or eight years. So, was with the Knicks for eight, nine, something years. And that's a perennial team in the NBA. What a, a gigantic market. Carmelo Anthony only won seven playoff games when he was with the Knicks. Seven. How that's are insane. you how are you a star or a so called star player playing at probably the biggest market in the NBA, uh, probably compared to the Lakers, and only win seven playoff games in almost a decade? Wow. I mean, th- th- there's not much more I can say about that. Just wow. <laughs> I mean, yeah. It re- you really can't add anything to that conversation. I mean, Carmelo is just not, like you say, he's just not a good teammate. He's just not a good playmaker when it comes to helping out his team. And, you know, that's, that's tough because he has a lot of talent. Um, you just got to think, will it change in his career to no. where he'll become a better teammate no, he at will, all? he will never change. That's tough. It's already too late for him. That is a, a waste of talent right there. Uh, moving on to some NBA Christmas Day games to look forward to. Um, I'll start with mine. I, I believe the Washington Wizards versus the Boston Celtics. That's going to be actually a really good game. The Celtics are playing actually pretty good without Gordon Hayward. Um, they're actually not that terrible this season. So um, I'll be interested to see how they play up against the Washington Wizards in Massachusetts. Um, JT, what is your game to watch for um, on Christmas Day? To me, it's going to be the game between the Houston Rockets and the Oklahoma City Thunder. I know the Cavaliers and the Warriors are playing, 
But I don't think Steph Curry is going to play in that game, from what I've been hearing. So you got to go with the Rockets and the, Th- and the Thunder. See, against the Thunder's big three, going against the Rockets with Harden and Chris Paul. It's going to be a good one. JC, what is a game you're looking forward to the most on Christmas Day? What I think about Christmas Day in the NBA, I think that's the true first day of the NBA. I don't know why. It just feels right. Okay. Because you got you got the NFL finally wrapping up, so you can finally get a little little basketball in you. There you go. I mean, obviously, you the Cavs Warriors. What else could you ask for on Christmas Day? True. I mean, it's going to be we're going to see how they compare, um, at least compared to uh, last year. And I mean, that's a heated rivalry in the league. It'll be a heated rivalry for years to come, especially if LeBron James stays in Cleveland, which we've talked about that on previous shows where we don't think he's going to stay in Cleveland. But I mean, if he does, that could be a a huge, a huge rivalry there for the next few years. Um, So, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see some of these games that are happening on Christmas Day. They actually have a good slate of games. So um, definitely be prepared to watch some of those during your Christmas holiday. Now, moving on to some hockey news. Uh, Dallas Stars coach Ken Hitchcock gets his 800th career win this week as the Dallas Stars defeated the Chicago Blackhawks 4-0. And speaking of the Chicago Blackhawks, they are just not the same team that they were last year after the Predators swept them in the playoffs. It's not because, you know, I, I'm, I love the Predators because I do. But, you know, the Chicago Blackhawks are just not playing their game the way they used to play. Uh, do you think there's something going on with that situation there in Chicago, JT? Well, as I mentioned, Dylan, the Blackhawks are just banged up right now. So a lot of teams are going through this phase where they're injured, trying to fight through injuries, and... The Blackhawks, they've been slipping down the standings, but I don't expect to count them out. Let's not count them out yet, Dylan. It's still early. Let's get to the, uh, the NHL All-Star break next month in Tampa, and then we'll see how the Blackhawks pick it up from there. Can't count them out. The Penguins, same thing. They've been banged up as well, but I definitely ain't counting the Penguins. So we can't count the Blackhawks just yet. True. All right. Well, the Islanders are moving back to Long Island. You have details on that, JT? Yeah, so the Islanders won their bid for the Belmont uh, land site where the New York Cosmos were trying to get a soccer stadium built, but that got turned down. So the Islanders moved to the Barclays Center because the Nassau Coliseum and Uniondale was getting old, and they couldn't get a, the arena pass to get a stadium built out there. So that's why they went to the Barclays Center. And the, and the NHL, the Islanders had the lowest, one of the lower attendances in the league because the Barclays Center is a basketball ring. It's not made for hockey. So the fans, it takes like an hour to get there from Long Island to Brooklyn. So good for the Islanders. They're moving back home. It's going to take a probably a few years, but it's good to see them going back to their face because that's where they belong, Long Island. I completely agree. So let's move on to our segments of the week. And JT, it is your football recap of the week, sir, and the microphone is all yours. Thanks, Dylan. And as always, we're here to recap the latest from the beautiful game, and we're going to start with my weekend recap with the FIFA Club World Cup as Real Madrid has clinched back-to-back World FIFA Club World Cup titles by beating Grimaldo 1-0. Ronaldo with a goal to give them the victory. And congrats to Real Madrid. They got a big game this weekend. Tomorrow morning at 7 a.m., El Clasico against FC Barcelona. Manchester City, they defeated Tottenham 4-1 this past weekend. And they are cruising on top of the Premier League. They've won 15 straight games in a row. Udinese upset Inter Milan this past week, so Inter Milan couldn't take a chance to take the lead in Serie A. And Hellas Verona 
upset AC Milan 3-0 to move them out of the relegation zone, while AC Milan, they have now 14 points behind AS Roma for that Champions League spot. All right, Dylan, we got some Orlando City news. Kyle Lahren, could he be heading to Besiktas in Turkey? Nobody knows yet, but according to reports on Twitter, it's saying that his agent is negotiating a contract. The LA Galaxy have claimed Servando Carrasco, that's Alex Morgan's husband, Dylan. He's been claiming he's going to be moving to Los Angeles for next season. Uh, I don't think we have to worry too much about Alex Morgan. I think she's still going to stay here for at least a little while because there's no NWSL team in California as of right now. And Orlando City, Kaká, he's announced his retirement, so we knew that was coming. And Orlando City also acquired R.J. Allen and Stefan Pino from Miami FC, and they re-signed Dylan Powers. All right, on to some suck news, and it's official, Dylan. Nashville SC, they are coming to MLS. Look at that. Now, and MLS, Dylan, uh, for Nashville, I mean, very similar Orlando, a lot of millennials, a lot of foreigners that have moved to that area, and the fairgrounds, because I was talking to Wendy at work. She's from Nashville, the, you know, the guide, and yeah. she was telling me the area where they're putting the stadium at, there's a lot of, you know, foreigner internationals that live in that area. So they're going to be rocking soccer there in the 2021 season. Now, we don't know when Nashville is going to move to MLS. Some say it could be 2019. It could be as 2020 season. But whenever they move, they're going to be in the Nissan Stadium for at least a couple of years until their stadium gets built. All right, Dylan. And on to some games to watch this weekend. Of course, as I mentioned, El Clasico. You got Barcelona taking on Real Madrid. That's going to be at 7 a.m. tomorrow morning on BN Sports. And the other game I have is Juventus taking on AS Roma. That's going to be at 2.45 p.m. on Saturday on BN Sports. And that will include my football recap of the week. Let's move on to some miscellaneous news. The Orlando Solar Bears were struggling against the Norfolk Admirals. JT, give us some more details on that. Well, for the Orlando Solar Bears, they lost their previous games this past weekend up in Norfolk, Virginia. And they are playing the Norfolk Admirals again this weekend, but it'll be a two-game slate at home. They're playing tonight, and then they will play again tomorrow. Uh, speaking of hockey, Dylan, the owner, uh, Terry Pagula, of both who owns both the Sabres and the Buffalo Bills, he announced yesterday that he's purchased the Buffalo Buttes, which is the women's hockey team and the NWHL. So congrats to them. Uh, Dylan, I'm not sure you heard, but LeVar Ball, apparently he's not just doing big ball of brand shoes now. He's now trying to start a big ball of league. I saw that. I saw that. JT is actually a very huge proponent of that, and JC is a big proponent of that as well. Uh, they want to see it come to fruition, and I, I kind of want to as well, just to see how how much of a train wreck it would be uh, for LeVar Ball to be in a big baller league or whatever. It's going to be interesting to see. And I believe JC has something to do with that and his uh, winners and losers for this week. So we'll talk to him more about that in just a moment. And Vince McMahon sells a hundred, what was a hundred million dollars worth of WWE shares this week because mm-hmm. he is wanting to bring back the XFL. I can't so, wait until that fails. That's going to fail immediately. <laughs> it's going to fail again, but it's going to be interesting to see if it, it it might catch on. It might catch on better than it did last time, simply because of all the turmoil the NFL is in when it comes to legality issues, when it comes to rules, all this kind of stuff. So 
Uh, Vince McMahon might be onto something. I mean, in that one year of the XFL, one of the complaints was that it was too violent and that they were using sex and everything to sell the product. Well, that was in 2001. It is 2017. It's going to be 2018 or 19 when that product comes back. It's not going to survive a month. Well, we'll see. We'll see what happens. So let's move on to our winners and losers of the week. Uh, JT, I'll start with you first, sir. Well, my winner this week, guys, is Kaka, because now that he's finally announced his retirement, he doesn't worry about getting injured, missing up 20 games or whatever. You're free to do whatever you want. And last I heard, Kaka says he's looking into coaching, possibly in Italy. So we'll follow him and see how that goes. For congrats to Kaka, my loser this week is Baltimore Ravens, because they've had uh, dropping in attendance as of late, and they're saying that the reason why the attendance has been dropping because their players have been protesting. So they had to send a letter to their season ticket holders to try to get them, hey, guys, we're still in the playoff hunt. Come watch and see us. So not sure how that's going to work, but we'll see what happens. And by the way, uh, John Shatter, the CEO of uh, Papa John's, has resigned. So Papa John's saying they blame the protests, and the guy lost his job. So protests, and they're not helping nobody. They're not helping nobody right now. Not helping anybody at all. Uh, so moving on to John Cameron. John Cameron, winners and losers. My winner of the week is LeVar Ball. LeVar Ball is basically starting his own basketball league named the Junior Basketball Association. It's going to basically be an alternate route to the college route. And the NCAA and the NBA have a deal right now where you have to serve at least one year in the college to go to the NBA. These players, most of them, they don't want to go to college. That's not their goal. They want NBA money. They want NBA stardom. That's what they want. They, what's the point of going to college for a year? Just look at North Carolina. They were making fake classes for these kids. Mm-hmm. Fake classes just so they could go one or two years at North Carolina and then go to the NBA. What's the point of that? What's the point of them going to college and making no money? LeVar already has relationships with these kids through the AAU that he's been teach or that he's been coaching and had um had had involvement in for the past several years. He's gonna pay these players up to ten thousand a month, and it's only eighty players in the league. This is a great idea, and he's a marketing genius. This league's going to be somewhat successful. All right. Well, who is your loser? My loser of the week is Mark Wahlberg. Mark Wahlberg came out in an interview this week and said that he left Super Bowl Fifty One early. Because his eight-year-old kid was throwing a temper tantrum while the Patriots are losing. Wahlberg said he was spitting out F-bombs and going crazy. It was bad. He was lying down on the carpet. He was very upset. Like, how bad of a parent can you be? You're at Super Bowl 51. You're watching your team play. And this kid's losing his mind. He's never seen an L in his life, apparently. You were teaching your son nothing but being a sore loser by just leaving the game and and just, like, helping him out or whatever you're doing. You got to learn how to take an L in life. And th- this kid is not learning that. I got you. Well, my winner and loser is, uh, the winner is going to be Jadavion Clowney for turning a negative situation to a positive situation. Uh, all the trash cans that were sent to him by Jacksonville Jaguars fans because he called Blake Bortles trash this week were turned into buckets for the toys he was getting for Toys for Tots this year. Um, so congratulations to Jadavion Clowney. He is my winner for the week. And the loser is Marshawn Lynch from the Oakland Raiders for getting fined 24 thousand dollars by the league because of unsportsmanlike conduct regarding his actions with a referee because he had a temper tantrum with the referee so um thanks for listening to the show this week guys so you can follow us on facebook at out of bounds with dylan james on on twitter oob podcast you can also email me at dylan out of bounds podcast.com if you ever have any questions concerns feedback you want to give us we are more than welcome to um accept those things jt what is your social media handle sir you can reach me on Twitter at JTSaka88. That's at JTS 
O-C-K-A-88. You can email me at JT at com, and you can reach me on my personal sports blog. It's www.jttosportsguy.com. And just want to listen, wish all my listeners on our show uh, happy holidays. Yep, happy holidays. Happy Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. We'll talk to you guys next week. Thank you so much for joining us on the show this week, John. And uh, we will see you guys right here next week. Seven Sports Talk. WBLZ Sports. We've got balls. I'm Stephen Jodderin from Uncle Sam's Soccer Podcast. Hi, I'm Armand Kafai. Be sure to give us a listen for the best coverage in American soccer. Follow us on Twitter at UncSamSoccerPod and give us a subscription on iTunes and Google Play. You don't want to miss it. Gen Service offers complete electrical service with a reputation based on quality. Turn to them for residential, commercial, and industrial electrical service. Doesn't matter if it's new construction, homes, electrical panels, hot tubs, generators, or a commercial rewire. The Gen Service team is licensed, bond, and insured to put your electrical concerns at ease. For an electrical contractor with 25 years of service, give Gen Service a call at 740-438-7173. With over 30 years of experience, the smart people call on Doug Peffer painting and pressure washing. Interior, exterior, commercial, or residential, Doug Peffer does it all. Is your house looking ug? Then call on Doug. Doug Peffer Painting and Pressure Washing, 404-966-3361. Mention WBLZ Sports and you'll receive a special We've Got Balls discount. That's Doug Peffer Painting and Pressure Washing, 404-966-3361. We are not Vegas, guys. We're just two guys from South Carolina. Making our picks. Doing what we love. That's it. No bunkum, no bullshit. We don't have credit cards at the day. We're not hanging out with Frella Mafia. Even though we wish we were. The Burger and Badass Show. Thursday night from 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. And Saturday morning from 5 a.m. to 7 a.m. Exclusively on WBLZ Sports. We got the balls. Danny, I need that ball. Get me the ball. You need the ball. Get me the ball. Get you the ball. Are you going to get me the oh, ball? I'll get you the, get the ball. Get the ball. Get the ball. Get the ball.
Sports. I hope he didn't kill somebody.